What's up, guys? This is CJ from the teaching team at The Fold, and you are listening to At Coffee with The Fold. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us this week as we take a deep dive into conversations that are relevant for our community. This podcast features guests from inside our community, from outside our community, who have something important to say and share that's relevant for our formation into the likeness of Jesus as we pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus by finding home, family, and purpose. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, We're going to jump back in. Um, I'm excited about this one. I think our conversation thus far has been really helpful. Um, I really appreciate your wisdom. But this time we're going to talk about Um, our inner life. I think it's obvious from the conversation we've had so far is the spiritual disciplines point us inward. Um, They create space. We've talked about how spiritual disciplines are an outward practice that creates space for inner transformation, for the Holy Spirit to meet us um, and form us inwardly. So the question then um, that maybe a lot of us are thinking is, why do I need an inner life? Maybe a lot of people aren't thinking those words specifically, But we live in a world that values productivity and values the outside. So developing an inner life kind of seems contrary to the whole value system of the world around us. Productivity, efficacy, efficiency, right? There's not anything very productive or efficient about an inner world. So why do we need it? I think folks that are not um – cultivating an inner world with the Lord, again, in partnership with the Holy Spirit, um, leave uh, pain and um, relational destruction in their wake Mm -hmm. uh, because they're unaware. Mm -hmm. You know, when you don't, because so many of us, and I put myself in this category, you know, it's still something, obviously, I'm having to... um, wrestle with the Lord about and experience setbacks in, but we're not, when we don't look inward, we're not looking towards God. The scriptures say that the, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, so to look inward is not to look to the self. If you're a believer, if you're son or daughter of God, if you're a follower in the way of Jesus, to look inward is to, um, you know, that, that really prayer in the Psalms that says, search me and know me, God. Um, so to look inward is to become aware of our, um, both our, the, the beauty and brutality of, uh, of our humanity, you yeah. know. And of course, that, um, that looks different, that journey looks different for everyone um, mm-hmm. because we're all unique. But um, we, we see the results of, of um, a life or lives lived that um, refuse to cultivate an, an inner world with the Lord, and, mm-hmm. and the results are not. The results are in, and <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm struck by how many pastors mm-hmm. and church leaders mm-hmm. uh, refuse to do that kind of inner work with the Holy Spirit, and I think a lot of it, at least I know for me, this is the case, is out of fear. Mm-hmm. We don't want to look inward because. When we look inward, we have to see our shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, we have yeah. to acknowledge um, 
the pain that we carry and the pain that we've also caused mm-hmm. um, in others. So um, that inward journey with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is a, a journey that is difficult and mm-hmm. heavy. So I think it's preferable, particularly in the you know the way of the world, to allow the externals to drive us, like mm-hmm. the metrics that the world uses to measure success, or mm-hmm. uh, well, metrics to measure same thing, but the <laughs> metrics that gauge success, that gauge a productive life, are the are the same metrics that drive so many Christian leaders. Yeah. You know, um, and because of that, they don't lead with uh, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And they don't lead um, with kindness and care. Um, they lead, in, in a lot of cases, with cruelty. Mm-hmm. Um, the folks that they are um, that they that they are supposed to be shepherding. So um, we need an inner life because the Holy Spirit indwells us as as sons and daughters of God, as followers in the way of Jesus. And in order to engage with the Holy Spirit, we mm-hmm. have to use our agency to look inward Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence. And also, as we do that, we'll begin to be guided by the Holy Spirit into our innermost being, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Richard Foster calls the sanctuary of the soul. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, that journey, to reemphasize, is a painful Mm -hmm. and difficult journey. But it's one that any healthy person I have ever met um, they're they are in the they're in process with that journey. Yeah, they're not ignoring their inner world. They are yeah. endeavoring to um, give the Holy Spirit space to sort them to sort out their inner world. Yeah, so they can become more aware and then also um, can be transformed into mm-hmm. Christlikeness. Yeah, yeah, we we are wounded. All of us are. Um, we are all wounded by sin and have inflicted wounds on others yeah. through sin, um, and. Healing is the only way to deal with the wound. Yeah. Right. Um, and our wounds are are inward as much, if not exponentially more, than they are outward. So yeah. to find any sort of healing, you know, the fold says we are a community pursuing the healing and wholeness of Jesus. We have to move inward. And I think having an inner life forces us to um, to reconcile our imagined disparity or disconnection between our spiritual life and our life life. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, we live in, uh, N.T. Wright says the greatest threat to the modern church is Gnosticism, which yeah. is the idea that our spirit and body are separate, right. that we are, you know, you'll hear people say, um, actually, Rain Wilson said this recently, which is, I was I was bummed, because Rain Wilson's a really, really funny guy, um, but he said, uh, I'm not um, I'm not a physical being having a spiritual experience, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, mm. which is one of those things that sounds really, really catchy and mm-hmm. zen, but it doesn't mean anything. Um because we are a spiritual, physical, and being being having a spiritual, physical experience right. indistinguishable from one another. Right. I am body and soul. Yeah. Um, and we can't separate those things. So having an inner life forces me to imagine and to see the reality of the connection between those things. It, yeah. it, it elim- eliminates my ability to disconnect what I'm doing in the world from what I'm believing about God and myself yeah. um, and how I'm interacting with God and myself. Um, and I think it forces those two things to combine so that we actually see the overlap between our actions, our practical reality, um, and our inner our inner life. Um, without moving inward, we will not see the way those two things um, connect. Yeah. And I think, and this is, this is my idea, 
um, so this is you know this is not based on anybody's research or anything. This is just my own observation. It's coming so, straight from the Lord. No, no, probably not. Um, it is from me, um, so it's probably wrong. But I think it's interesting. Um, I th- I believe we live in a world right now where it is easier than it has ever been to be disconnected from our inner world because it is easier than it has ever been to be connected to the world around us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I never have to quit working when I'm awake if I don't want to. Um, I can be producing all the time. Um, and when I am producing and when I am moving outward, I don't have to – I can silence my inner reality. Um, I can silence the lies that I believe to some degree. I'm not, I can just not notice yeah. um, them. Um, and if you think about human history, it is unique that we have the ability to work from our phones. I mean that is – that's 10 years old. You know, uh, or however old the BlackBerry is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's new. Um, gosh, for, I mean, uh, maybe a hundred, for only maybe 120 years, have we been able to like work inside under electric light after dark? Um, for m- the majority, for thousands of years as human beings, we have been forced to sit in the dark except for a candle at night, right? Which, which creates space for inner work, right? Because you're in silence and solitude to varying degrees in those mm-hmm. places. It, it would be hard to, to not have an inner life. And that's not to say ancient people, it's not to get into kind of the opposite of C.S. Lewis's chronological snobbery. It's not to say everything was better in the past, mm-hmm. but it's just to say that it makes sense that we are more grounded people because we, our lives were forced to reckon with the seasonality of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had to live a slower life. We, uh, a few weeks ago um, at The Fold, we talked about how um, we were actually talking about the spiritual discipline of tithing, but we were talking about in the, in the ancient world in Israel, um, it, was a, it was a life marked with rest. Mm. Um, a modern American would have hated the ancient world, not because it was primitive, would have mm. hated ancient Israel, not because it was primitive, but because we would have spent so much time not doing anything. Yeah. You know, you were required to save money to feast and celebrate every year yeah. um, in, in the law of, of Israel. Yeah. Um, so you were required to take a Sabbath year and let your land rest. You were yeah. required to take a Sabbath every week. We would have hated that. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a point in which not doing anything forces you to develop an inner life. Um, and now that we, we don't ever have to, you know, I, I wonder if... Um, if for much of human history, if it was not kind of the the privilege of the wealthy and powerful to not have an inner life, mm-hmm. because they would have been the only people who had the ability to not be working all the time, you know, and to have yeah. um, a disconnection from the land and um, the world around them. Yeah. Um, and once again, that's just that's just me, um, yeah. just just my ideas. But now we live in a world where every single one of us does not have to leave space to notice what's going on inside yeah. because we can and do drown it out all the time right. with some version of work or yeah. some stimulation. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm glad you mentioned C.S. Lewis. He, I think it's in the screw tape letters. He uh, <laughs> describes hell as a kingdom of noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, in that sense, there's a, there's a lot of hell permeating <laughs> our present, you know, yeah. because there is constant noise. Um, whether that's, you know, talking heads on a news channel or um, 
advertisements on YouTube uh, or videos on YouTube or Mm -hmm. TikTok. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think social media most of the time, not all the time, I do think there's some sense that social media can be a helpful thing, but Mm -hmm. a a, a lot of times it's just noise, you Mm -hmm. know, and distraction. Um, and the ancients would, it's, it's obviously very different. The ancients would use different things to distract themselves. You know, there was a lot of ancients that were not, um, uh, that were not cultivating an inner life, but, but I would agree with you that, that it is, it's much more difficult now Mm -hmm. because there's so much external stimulus. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, uh, as you were talking that the, I think Wendell Berry, um, he said, uh, in the future, um, humanity will separated, humanity will be separated into two groups, people that want to live as creatures and people that want to live as machines. <laughs> um, that sounds like Wendell Berry. Yeah, yeah it does. This is an amazing quote. Um, and I, I think a lot of this drive, um, to live externally and not, um, again, cultivate an, an inner life. And look, inner is not um, the end of the story, mm-hmm. right? Like we need, our life should be producing fruit mm-hmm. that is noticeable. Um, but I, I do believe that um, the fruit begins with that inner journey with yeah. the Holy Spirit, right? Um, the fruit is a product of that journey inward. And again, not just to satisfy some sort of ego or sense of self, but it's a journey inward because just to reemphasize, we are called temples of God, mm-hmm. right? God indwells us. So um, we're journeying with the Holy Spirit inward to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in essence, which is kind of a mystery, but yeah. not kind of, it is a mystery. <laughs> um, so I think um, our tendency to be driven by externals and stimulus um, is really our desire to live a life that's limitless. When in, you got kind of the, you know, folks really, I guess 200 years, folks living 200 years ago and before, um, there was a sense that we have to accept our limitations. Mm-hmm. We can't work um, late in the night because we don't have adequate lighting, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, we can't work if our, you know, tools are broken. We have to actually, you know, mend those tools in order mm-hmm. to keep working. So there were, like, there were limitations that were just innately there. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if people cognizantly accepted those. It just was life. Yeah. Life was limitation. Mm-hmm. But there's a beauty to being a creature mm-hmm. and accepting limitation, right? Yeah. We're not meant to live as a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and notice, you know, machines don't have an inner life. <laughs> yeah. Machines are only external. Yeah. And so I think this is a like this movement is a ploy, I believe. Um, it's not just me that believes this, right? But is a ploy by the principalities and powers mm-hmm. to dehumanize us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more we are driven by externals, the more we refuse to look inward, yeah. the more we kind of take on the the um, the countenance of a machine. Mm-hmm. We, we and we see the world as a machine, mm-hmm. you know, as a mechanized place. Yeah. yeah. Which, if you look at like Christian even theology, mm-hmm. you see a lot of mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I I don't think we should underestimate how much the church has actually been shaped and formed in yeah. the last two hundred years by technology. Uh, in some ways, uh, in a positive sense, but I think in in, mu- in many more ways, in a negative mm-hmm. sense. And and the church, the body, looks more like 
um, in a lot of contexts, a machine than it does an organic, living, breathing being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendell Berry also said recently, or he didn't say it recently. I read the quote recently that um, a a people that does not respect its land cannot respect its people. Mm, that's good. Um, yeah, that that interplay is is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so and sin from the beginning sin the result of sin and the goal of sin is to dehumanize right, right? like we we have to see that because um to be human is to be made in the image of god it's the right. differentiating thing between us and everything else to be human is yeah. the imago dei the image yeah. of god in us um so sin robs us of that robs us of seeing that right. in one another it it mars and taints that image of god yeah. and warps um, our perception of yeah, self absolutely of self yeah. and others yeah, yeah. um which, once again that's why this this inner life is is directly connected to our outer life we cannot separate um soul from body right <laughs> you know um we are people we are humans um soul and body um and that so sin shapes the way we view ourselves and others yeah. which directly affects the way we treat ourselves and others so when we change the way we treat ourselves and others it affects our perception and when we change our perception it affects the way we treat other people yeah um and we have to see that an inner world is yeah. required for being a healthy person and we've already talked about this a little bit but um the things that keep us from developing an inner life with the lord and with other people i mean the it's painful yeah it's it, developing an inner life with the lord is in essence um, in concert with other spiritual disciplines, but it's it's the spiritual discipline of confession, yeah. paired with silence and solitude and scripture and all of these things that open the door for us to see the truth. Um, but confession requires confessing the wounds that we have received and the wounds that we have inflicted and the lies yeah. that we have believed. Yeah. Um, sometime, and it requires often another person who can be a somewhat objective yeah. outside voice. Um, and it, it, it requires confronting the ways that we have misunderstood who God is, which is a painful thing to do. Um, it, is, it is not fun. <laughs> um, I've got uh, some friends um, at a church in Greensboro, North Carolina, called Emmaus, and they developed a, a tool um, where they kind of mapped out what a growing life with Christ or life of a believer often looks like. Um, and... Um, they were very clear in the way they did this, that it's not up and to the right, that mm -hmm. we weave and navigate our way through this mm -hmm. forward and back. But these are kind of generally the stages um, yeah. that we move through. And they said that um, one of the most important stages in that journey is moving inward. But it's the stage the overwhelming majority of people never take. Mm. And I believe that it's because it's the only stage of our development with Jesus that does not have an immediate tangible payoff in mm. the way I experience the world, Yeah. right? Um, as I grow in worship, as I have moments with God, as I begin to manage sinful behavior, all of these other things that are generally part of my growth, there's usually some sort of benefit. You know, the less pornography I look at, mm -hmm. the more content I am in my mind right. and with my life now, the less addictive coping mechanisms I have, the more healthy and at peace I feel. Starting to move inward doesn't bring peace immediately. It brings a lot of conflict mm -hmm. and tension immediately. It hurts. Mm -hmm. The end result is a deeper peace and connection and... Mm -hmm. Um, awareness and surrender to the Holy Spirit, um, but the process of getting there 
is painful and the immediate thing you feel is discomfort um, and even disquieted in the process. Yeah. I think that, um, I think you're right. Uh, obviously we're always right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. We've got the, this is about an, this is about the answers. Yeah. Listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) That is a joke. That's a joke. Yes, very Clearly much. A that's joke. a joke. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think that uh, the more we avoid the inner life, the more we find ourselves like, and I can say this from my own life, vainly pursuing um, transformation and 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 only receiving behavior modification. Mm-hmm. Um, but behavior modification feels good at the mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. I'm see- like you said, noticeable growth. Um, it's like we we are obsessed. Uh, the church, the Western church, uh, and probably the Eastern church too. But like I think um, structurally, mm-hmm. is is really obsessed with the shoot. Mm-hmm. So obsessed with what is the visible problem, mm-hmm. you know. So you have addictive behavior, okay? Like you're saying, we need to we need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- it, the truth is, at least I feel like the truth is very evident in Scripture is the the physical manifestation or the external manifestation is is just a kind of a rotten fruit of the root that has mm-hmm. been festering, you know, for years within us. Mm-hmm. And we keep on like chopping down that shoot because it's not bearing the kind of fruit we want or it's bearing mm-hmm. rotten fruit, but we're not actually ever getting to the, the, the problem, mm-hmm. um, which is not our behavior, but is what's driving that behavior. Yeah. Hey guys, we're interrupting this conversation again to divide this into two episodes. You've probably noticed we've done this a few times in the At Coffee with the Fold podcast because we want to make sure that we are respecting the time of the listener, of you, and we also want to make sure that every conversation is digestible. Uh, We don't want this to be drinking from a fire hose all the time. So we're going to divide this conversation here, and then we're going to pick up this conversation right where we left off next week. So this will be one conversation spread out over two episodes so that hopefully this is digestible. We're able to sit with it and really consider this is such an important topic when we're discussing spiritual disciplines, and we want to make sure it gets the adequate time for us all to really wrestle with it. So with that, we will see you right back here in the next episode. Talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening to At Coffee with the Fold. I hope that this conversation was helpful as you pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus. If you want to sign up for a Fold group and join community, if you want to attend an event on a Sunday morning, or if you're just looking for the next thing that's coming up that you can join with our community in doing, then make sure you go to thefoldgreenville.org or you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.